Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Luke. Uh, we left Jesus in a tight spot here. Well, an uncomfortable spot. Out in the wilderness, in the desert, with Satan. No one wants that. <laughs> I don't want that. But that's where we left him. So we're going to pick up right where we left off in Luke 4, verse 5. Memories being tempted, tested, really, would be a better word, by the devil in the wilderness. And he's been fasting for 40 days. And the first temptation was turn, you know, for, for, for food, turn these stones into bread. The second one's different. I'm just going to read verse 5 right now. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, in Matthew, it, Matthew points out that he took him up to a very high mountain for this. Now, obviously, he's not going to the Himalayas and looking out over all the earth and seeing all the kingdoms of the earth. This is a vision of some kind. And um, I don't know how it works. We don't have the mechanics of this. We're not told. Uh, the devil has powers. Uh, he has supernatural powers, and he's somehow showing, I think, all the kingdoms of, for all time, not just like at that moment of time that are on the earth at that moment, but just like all the power that's coming in the future, you know, all the glory of mankind, all the kingdoms, all the emperors, all the princes, everything, just all the warfare, whatever, firepower, maybe nuclear explosions, I don't know. But he's showing all this glory and all these, all these kingdoms down through the ages to Jesus in a moment of time. He's, he's throwing that up there on a screen, I guess. I don't know. And, um, verse, and then verse 6, And he said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I want. Um, Satan has this authority, right? He has this rule over all the earth. Jesus doesn't even argue that point. He doesn't say, you're not in charge, you know, God's in charge. He lets, he lets that ride. Um, the first Adam had dominion in the garden. Right? God gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth, right? To rule, to subdue, to, to, to grow the garden, as it were, right? Garden is just ordered life, right? So that's what their job was to do throughout all the earth, take that garden and spread it over the earth, as it were. But the, through sin and rebellion against God, the first Adam lost his dominion. Uh, and they lost it to this creature that is standing here in the desert with Jesus, uh, who is the last Adam. Remember, I know I keep saying that, but it's important, right? Remember how Luke finished the genealogy, the son of Adam, the son of God. Jesus is the last Adam, and he's here to take it back, to take back this dominion. So he needs to, he's in the same situation. He needs to not sin, right? Obviously. Um, um, for now, Satan is a liar, but he seems he is not lying here, right? He is able to deliver all these kingdoms over to Jesus if Jesus does what he says. Uh, he has the kingdoms of men. This should not be shocking to us. I mean, think of all the evil done by governments, human governments down through the ages, often in the name of the greater good. Satan's behind all of this stuff, all of the horrors you see. He's back behind this, pulling strings, etc. You think the Holocaust was just dreamed up in a human head? Humans gathered around it and perpetrated it and are guilty of it, but that was hatched in hell, that, that type of thing. 
Uh, he is called, Satan is called the God of this age in the Bible. I'm just throwing out a few titles just to give you an idea of how this is reinforced, this authority that he has. He's called the prince of the power of the air. Uh, he's, in, the, in the book of Revelation, he's the dragon. <clears throat> he's a dragon throughout scripture. He's a dragon in Revelation, and he's giving his authority to the beast. We've all heard of the beast in Revelation, the 666 beast and all that stuff. Uh, it's Satan or the dragon who is giving his authority to the beast to rule over, over this world. Uh, in the Gospel of John, Jesus, I think, yeah, Jesus calls him the ruler of this world. Excuse me. Um, so in verse, so he's, he said, I can give all this to you. In verses, let me read six again. He said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, <clears throat> for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you, verse seven, if you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Now, think about this. You know, like, what is this? A silly temptation. Of course, Jesus isn't going to worship. He's not going to become a devil worshiper, right? That's silly, right? But is it? Just stop and think about the temp what is the actual temptation here? Um, of course, it, it, what, you know what I didn't mention last time is all these temptations, especially this one, I think, that must be painful to the Son of God just to even have this thought thrown at him like you want me to worship you and not my father are you out of your mind it must actually hurt his heart to consider these things we don't think much about this testing how it was would have been painful to jesus not that he would ever do it or succumb um I mean, and, but being by the way temptation is not sin a lot of times people get tempted we get tempted by things and then we feel guilty but did you act on that temptation no well calm down you didn't sin, <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Point is that this temptation, Messiah, um, is to have dominion anyway. Jesus is the Messiah, uh, and this Messiah is destined to have dominion over the whole earth anyway. Isn't that what God wants? And Satan is saying, "I will just, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you now. Take it now on my terms. Think of all the suffering you could alleviate in the world, Jesus, with you and your powers, right?" No one would ever starve. Cancer would go away. All the children's hospitals would be emptied. You could fix all that today. Not that there were children's hospitals back then, but you know what I mean. Um, think of all the suffering you could alleviate. Suffering you could spare your people. Suffering you could spare yourself. You'd have worldwide success instantaneously overnight. Caesar and everyone on earth will bow down to you. You can fix everything right now. Just compromise. Just fall down and worship me. Matthew's version of this, he actually uses that phrase, just fall down and worship me. That's what Satan wants. And of course, Jesus gives his famous answer in verse eight. And Jesus answered him, answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Again, quoting Deuteronomy. Satan has been getting the image of God to bow down to his image for millennia. And when, you're, when you go back through human worship and religions, ancient Egypt, ever, whatever, wherever you go, people are bowing down to statues, idols, false gods. At the end of the book of Revelation, or near the end, um, he had the dragon, who is Satan, has the whole world bowing down to the image of the beast. This is what he wants. Why? Because we are made in the image of God. And he receives this glory, this 
he's because he's the power behind all these images, all these false gods, all these false religions. He's the power behind all these thrones. Bow down and worship. When you bow down and worship them, you're bowing down and worshiping him by default. And that's he wants the image of God, which is you and me, right? Doing that. It gives him, he thinks, it gives him some perverted sense of glory. And now here he is in the wilderness, in the desert, and he has the only perfect image of God there is. God's only begotten son right there in a human body. And he says, I'll give you everything. Just worship me. But Jesus, the man, remember, Jesus is doing this as a man. Jesus, the man, refuses. And it will cost him everything. He refuses Satan as an ally, and he gains him as an implacable foe, which I guess he already was. And this, of course, will lead to the cross. This pops up again. This whole temptation pops up again, if you think about it. Because uh, when he's telling his disciples later on about uh, the cross, this guy, like, so after the transfiguration, he begins to tell them, like, he immediately starts saying, look, guys, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go down to Jerusalem. I'm going to get arrested. Gentiles are going to crucify me, et cetera. I'm going to be handed over to them. They'll crucify me. Third day I'll rise again. He's telling them that he's going to be crucified. Peter says, Lord, this will never happen to you because they're thinking like, no, you're supposed to take over the world. They're giving, Peter throws this temptation right back at him. Like, you're the Messiah. What are you talking about? You're not supposed to get crucified. You know, you're supposed to run the world. We're going to be right there with you, buddy. Come on. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me. Satan, because he recognizes that voice he, or that tone or that message. <clears throat> he calls Peter Satan, <clears throat> which is pretty upsetting. Must have been. Um, Jesus doesn't take the easy road. He loves his father. He knows that Satan cannot be trusted, let alone worshipped. Only God can be worshipped, can and should be worshipped. So he chooses the lowly road which will lead inevitably to the cross. Um, as a result of his uh, obedience, he is raised from the dead. He wins for us our freedom and glory. Satan is now losing his authority every day um, and his sway every day because of his humility, because of Jesus' humility. He wins the whole world anyway, right? By doing the opposite of what the devil wants. He ends up winning anyway, and he gains the whole world anyway. Listen to the words of, uh, of Philippians talking about Jesus. This is Paul. He's trying to encourage us to, to be humble and to empty ourselves and to, and to consider everyone around us. And he holds Jesus up as this model, and he says, Have this mind, this is Philippians 2, verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, right, remember, this is what we're talking about in Luke. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, of a slave, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that, it, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, including the knee of Satan, by the way, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. He gets it all anyway. 
God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is, Satan's tempting him with the name above every name. And Jesus is saying, I don't want that from you. I want that from my father. Um, so Jesus is showing us, you know, say no to evil, no matter how nice it looks, no matter how much sense it makes or seems to make. Say no to evil, to the evil one, no matter what he is promising you. In the words of Jesus, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Thanks for listening.